This is The Playbook. I am so excited because I actually need one of these. Rebecca Holland's the new CEO at Bleep Sleep, the Snap CPAP. Uh, and if people aren't familiar with CPAP and PAP technology, it's been around a long time. And it's really, believe it or not, saved many lives and marriages uh, for a variety of reasons. And uh, I wanted first uh, welcome you, Rebecca, to The Playbook. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate the opportunity to be on. And it's funny because you have a new product that caught my eye. And I think it's uh, just apropos named the Eclipse because I've watched this space. My wife has begged me to participate, but to be quite honest, they're just too uncomfortable for me. Uh, the cleaning of it. I'm not as worried about the expense, but I know the expense is another issue for a lot of people. And late this quarter, you're going to be launching this incredible new product called Eclipse that addresses some of my needs. And I was hoping that you could start by talking about CPAP technology, first of all, for those that aren't familiar, and then telling everyone what differentiates the Eclipse from previous technologies out there. Sure, I'd love to. So um, sleep apnea is um, one of the main um, issues that is affecting a lot of individuals. How many people um, it's about 50% of women ages 20 to seven and about one in four men um, over 40. So um, large amount of the population has um, undiagnosed obstructive sleep apnea. The most common treatment is a, a pressure mask. It's forced air pressure um, that allows you to you know, get um, more continuous sleep at night so that you're not waking up um, from you know, a stop start of air um, coming in. When you look at this, you think about, well, why should I care about this, right? If you're an individual, you know, from a health standpoint, um, about 80% of nighttime strokes um, are you know, caused by untreated sleep apnea. Um, when we look at it from a workforce um, uh, standpoint, um, it costs the US about 150 billion annually in motor vehicle accidents. You're 10 times more likely to get into a motor vehicle accident. Um, in loss of work, loss of productivity. Um, you have a significant increase in hypertension by 45%. Um, when we look at it from mental health, uh, 2.75 um, increase in suicide ideation over a three times increase in, uh, in depression. So there's um, a lot of, uh, and I would also tell you 71% of type two diabetics have untreated sleep apnea. So it's it's very prevalent, it's very costly. The impact on your productivity and health is, is large. So um, when we look at you know, the treatment, common treatment is a sleep apnea mask, a CPAP mask, um, and it hasn't changed. You know, if we think about the last you know, 40 years, you're looking at a mask that goes over your nose. Often you know, there'll be product that goes up into your nose, multiple headgears going around your head and your face. So here's how you wake up. One, they all leak and you're waking up in the middle of the night with dry eye, you're over tightening, you get, you're getting marks on your face, you're getting um, skin ulcerations around your nose, your hair is balding and matting. I mean, you, you really don't let, wake up looking great, right? <laughs> <laughs> or feeling great. We've, you know, we thought there's gotta be a better way. Um, so we developed a product that um, is um, the smallest mask on the market. It, um, is about um, a third the size of, you know, our prior mask, so super tiny. So we think about the biggest complaints people have in terms of using the product, um, claustrophobia, it's not in your sight line. 
Um, no skin ulcerations, no headgear at all. So you're not getting the lines on your face, the cosmetic issues. You're not getting pain in your neck or your face from, you know, from headgear pulling. Um, so we really eliminate, you know, about um, 22, the top 22 complaints that CPAP customers have. Um, this is something that we, um, you know, applied to the National Institute of Health um, to get some funding on. Um, it would be, I would say it's rare. I'm not, I can't think of another CPAP company. And again, if you think around being around for 40 years that has um, received a grant, um, we received a $1.7 million grant to develop the product because there's such a high need to address, you know, these comfort issues that, that patients have. So Eclipse is coming out. We say, you know, we're bringing sexy back to CPAP. You can look gorgeous again. Um, and it's the only product on the market clinically proven not to leak. So it's quiet. And one of the other issues is keeping it clean. And I assume there's some differentiators there as well, because it's smaller without all the mechanisms uh, that it actually has an easier way of cleaning it. And it stays clean because it's not leaking. Yeah. So if we look at, um, there's two parts in essence for, you know, all of the map, you know, all of the nasal pillow masks, which is a category we're in. Um, you have your nasal pillows, which is the part for other companies that it's either going around your nose or actually up into your nose. So not comfortable. Um, and then you have the mask. Our nasal pillows are a nightly disposable. So they are, um, you know, it has a, a metal piece that's recyclable and uh, it's a biodegradable, you know, medical, surgical medical grade tape that we use for the adhesive. It is super small. It is um, flat to your, your nostrils and, you know, secures on each night and you throw it away the next morning. So unless something is down in your mask, you know, um, there wouldn't be that need to have the nightly cleaning. Which is incredible. Now you have great experience in both private and public sectors and mm -hmm. raising money and funding and a great, as indicative, by the way, uh, and I always have to throw this in of great women CEOs, you know, people see colors and sexes still today. And I think it's mostly an unlearning that needs to be done. Uh, so I really promote the color green. Uh, because I have done a lot of, as a venture capitalist myself and an angel investor, I've done a lot of research on who to invest in. I've always bet on the jockeys and invariably I bet on women and women CEOs because the color green drives me in business, which is to make a lot of money, to help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. And that's how I found you because you're someone uh, who has had extreme success. Uh, and if you look at women CEOs, they far outperform white middle-aged men that look like me or worse. Um, anyway, uh, so for you, what were some of the challenges? Because you've been a leader uh, in a male-dominated manufacturing space, in an engineering space, in a technology space, in a healthcare space for a long time. What have been some of the things that you've seen change? And what would you say would be some things that you would like to change? I've, some of the things that um, have changed is, you know, there's there's a greater focus on, you know, the consumer, um, you know, particularly for, um, you know, what I've seen on the on the medical device side. Um, you know, if I look at you know, again, just coming into uh, to bleep sleep, um, this is is an area that had not focused and not advertised at all direct to consumer. Um, that's one of the first things we did because as a small company, right, you have to pivot and change. So. I think as a, as a whole, when we think about, you know, choices that consumers have with medical device, with prescription drugs, 
um, you know, focusing on, you know, on the benefits to the consumer, um, you know, focusing on, you know, what the inhibitors are, you know, for the consumer from a purchasing standpoint. Um, those are some of the things that I've, I've seen change and I've seen leaders be more receptive and open to that. Um, I think there's going to continue to be a need um, in terms of, you know, thinking, you know, how do you reach and really influence customers long-term? I mean, right now, you know, the influencer campaigns are huge. Um, they're, you know, you're, you're selling in many ways on emotions and getting, you know, awareness based upon, you know, follower numbers. Um, I'd, I'd like to see, particularly for, you know, healthcare focus, that we look a little bit more at, at outcomes and we look a little bit more at some of the, um, you know, the cost benefits. Um, I think that's uh, an area that, you know, overall we could probably improve. Um, I look at, you know, my company alone and, you know, where our product is sold, there are massive, you know, benefits for hospitals, you know, to switch to our product that, I mean, we've got, you know, values to, um, you know, um, as well as for the payers. And I, I, I think those are some groups that are not necessarily also looking at healthcare outcomes for their patients and their bottom line at the same time um, and balancing that. And I'd love to see a little bit more focus on that area. And obviously the color green drives business, uh, that's profits and, and margins. And within the context of healthcare, insurance is a, a big deal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how affordable is the Eclipse and are there financing options? Is insurance covering these things? How exactly does the financial uh, obligation or stress, where does it fall and who can benefit from that? Yeah, so 85% um, of um, users are purchasing through insurance. We're covered by um, all of the major insur insurances um, and Medicare. So um, patients can go to their prescriber um, and get coverage. Um, if, if, if they're, you know, typically they're buying from a direct medical equipment, a home equipment, you know, supplier. Um, if that individual says, hey, I, I don't have the product, um, it's probably that, that they haven't looked into it. Um, so we've actually updated our website and done partnerships with um, large DMEs that have insurance uh, pre-qualifiers for patients to make sure that we can help patients expedite the process. Um, from a direct-to-consumer standpoint, um, we'll be about a dollar a day, um, slightly under, you know, if there's, you know, if a supplier coupons. So when you think about, you know, this market overall, and I like to look at it in terms of, you know, if you're, and I, and I, you know, I think my girls fall way above the average on this, my daughters, but if you, you know, if you look at the data, it says, you know, people are spending about $5,600, you know, a year on cosmetic um, and hair um, you know, beauty products. Just my girls are again, way I, above that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. I'm like, there's no way, girls. I've seen your hair bills, right? But um, anyway, you know, if you think about our product, you know, costing you about $300 to $350 a year, um, and you no longer have hair breakage, matting, you no longer have, you know, dry eye and, uh, you know, lines on your face that you're trying to hide. I, I think it's, I think you're, you're going to end up being net positive on it. Oh yeah. So I have three daughters and my wife. And if anyone's ever paid for one, I think they're called Brazilian blowouts. Uh, we cover uh, the CPAP for the entire year. Yeah. Um, one of the things that you did uh, that I think is really remarkable is during the pandemic where everyone suffered from supply, supply chain issues. Uh, you guys have realized, I think eight or nine times market growth and really been able to de-risk uh, your supply chain issues, which you know may sound 
uh, to other people as a, a normal function of business. But as a CEO, I know uh, my clients that I work with and all the interviews that I give, about 80 to 90% of the companies have suffered from that. And you've been able to de-risk that. What were some of the strategies that you utilize to keep your supply chain so full? Yeah, so there's a couple of things that we, um, that we did. First, um, we're fully made in the USA, right? So that right there helps us because we're not dealing with, you know, with the import challenges. Um, we do have, you know, some, you know, for our automation, we had some materials that we were, um, you know, we were shipping in for the automation. And, you know, I mean, I had been literally, you know, watching, um, you know, ports to make sure that we knew ahead of time. And in fact, we ended up flying, a, you know, these uh, large metal feeder bowls in versus, uh, um, you know, shipping them because we could guarantee that we could get out of the port in Shanghai. This was before um, Shanghai closed down earlier this year. So we keep really alert in terms of, you know, of looking at where there might be some potential risks um, down the road. Um, the other thing that, um, that we've done um, on the, you know, made in the USA a side is that's part of our strategy. We're the only company that has a fully made in the USA product. So when we think about, um, you know, government, um, military, um, purchases and you know, executive order um, to buy first in, in USA that um, positions us, you know, right there for, for a portion of the market. So that was part of our strategy as well. Um, you know, other things that we've done is, is we've looked at, um, you know, we've looked at, you know, planning ahead our materials. We've, um, we've um, brought in, you know, for plastics, we've qualified multiple materials so that we can make sure that if there is a short supply with one, you know, with one vendor, we could move forward on our materials with another. So, um, and the final thing that we did is, is from our, our manufacturing standpoint, um, we've also, you know, partnered with a manufacturer that very strong, you know, on the quality and regulation side, but also has capacity um, as we grow. So, um, so those are some of the things that, you know, that we really looked at. So it's, you know, it's the quality, you know, and backup, you know, plans for products, it's being aware of, you know, um, environmental, shall we call it issues that could impact, you know, our supply chain. Um, and it's making sure that, you know, as we plan ahead, we're, you know, we have that flexibility to dial up and dial down. As we are challenged by the old school regimen, unlearning certain things, there's huge advantages as well. And you talked about you wanted to focus in on outcomes and benefits and value that's provided uh, long-term, uh, have a different perspective of what uh, your solution provides. But you also, on the other side, you know, are responsible for a number one direct marketing campaign outside of the normal distribution channels in your space. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, so many people, especially entrepreneurs, are interested in taking a more traditional business and downstream and creating additional revenue at larger margins from a direct-to-consumer campaign. Uh, what was one of the strategies that you utilized that had the greatest benefit in that campaign? So um, we, we focus, I'm going to call it old school, right? We focus on women. So, you know, again, when we looked at, you know, bringing, you know, I think our campaigns, you know, last year were bringing beauty back. Right. Um, so we would have, um, you know, visuals, you know, real life visuals showing individuals with these ulcerations on their face. I mean, the last thing you want to do is you know, I have actually one uh, and we did a lot of testimonials as well. But I have uh, um, one, um, you know, one friend. Right. Who plans her meetings um, based upon when her CPAP lines are going to go away. Wow. 
Right. So, and that's very common. I mean, if you're taking your morning flights, you know, look around, um, you know, on the plane, we actually look around when we travel, we, we target, you know, people. So if you ever, if anyone ever recognized me, I come running up and you have your lines, you, you know, I'm going to try to you know, <laughs> hack the product <laughs> on you a little bit there, but, but we did, we focused on the beauty side of it because, you know, this had not been addressed at all, you know, for patients, it was, you know, use this or you'll probably have a stroke or, you know, use this, say your wife's not complaining about your snoring or, you know, whatever it happens to be. But for us, we focused on, on the beauty side. Um, our other campaigns that did extremely well were on um, healthcare. So we've partnered with Ryan Jensen um, from, uh, from Tampa Bay and uh, Ryan's been using our product, um, his quote to us on this. And he's, I mean, he's an amazing guy, by the way, if you haven't met him, truly outstanding on the field and off. But he said, this uh, probably saved my career and saved my life. Um, and when you think about, you know, football players, I mean, one of the indications for obstructive sleep apnea is, a, is over a 17 and a half inch neck. Um, some of these guys, I mean, they're, they're massive, right? So, you know, having that support, you know, to help, you know, decrease, you know, again, chance of stroke, decrease, um, you know, other complications um, from hypertension to AFib, um, you know, that was one of the areas that, that, uh, that we focused on. Um, it helped that Ryan was a center <laughs> in football, right? And we called it, you know, um, focus on the center of your life, you know, and did, you know, campaigns about, you know, awareness and uh, getting tested and treated. One of the other things I think, see with especially women uh, leaders and CEOs is the bottom line side of things, EBITDA in general. And your results have been extraordinary since your first year. Uh, taking over, you know, not only have you increased the revenue, uh, but you have over, I think, a 20% deduction in your expenses. You built a, a truly solid foundation for a business to run on. And I know from growing up in the corporate world, a lot of times people really focus in on their top line revenue, especially in public uh, spheres uh, of influence and, and money. Uh, for you, what were some of the key aspects of your personality that have you so concerned about making sure that you're not wasting money? And I see this, you know, as a trend from many women leaders are much better with money. Even in my own house, my, my wife is much better. That's why I give her all my money so we can save more. Uh, <laughs> you know, what, what personality trait do you think it is that drives you to make sure that you're very cost conscious of not wasting money within your organization. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I grew up on a farm in a small town, right? I started working. I think my, my first, uh, my first job at, at 11, right. Kind of nannying. And then, uh, you know, from there, you know, working in grocery stores, et cetera. And, uh, you know, you, you focus on, on saving, you focus on, um, you know, really what you're going to utilize those funds for that you're saving. So for me, it was education. It was travel, those, you know, those kind of things. And, you know, if I look at, um, you know, at, you know, coming into the organization here, if I look at past experiences, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm really quite pragmatic and I'm very focused on the data, right? So um, I learned early on that, you know, your, you know, revenue and EBITDA can look good, but you can be bleeding cash, right? And, um, you know, taking the time to really dig through, you know, the financials and understand you know, your margins for your different sales channels. Um, that was a big improvement area that we focused on um, so that we could, you know, focus, you know, our time, limited time for a startup, right? You have limited resources, limited time. So where do you make most bang for the buck? Um, that was a big area that we, uh, that we focused on. Amazing. Rebecca Holland, the CEO at Bleep Sleep, 
you got to check out the new clips coming out. I certainly will. That's for sure. My wife will be sending you a great testimonial. And although it's not necessarily in my beauty uh, campaign, it absolutely is in my marriage campaign uh, to not only live longer, happier and healthier, but not keep my wife up at night as well. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. This is David Meltzer with Entrepreneurs, The Playbook.